Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Barry Flagg. Barry, are you ready to do this? I am. Good to be back. Yeah, glad to have you back. Barry is a CFP. He is a CLU, CHFC, GFS. He is an Investopedia Top 100 Advisor, the president of Verilytic. I'm excited to have you back on. Barry, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. So, uh, personal life has been uh, sequestered for the last uh, eight plus weeks, going out to dinner for the first time in about eight weeks. Um, and um, what we do is um, uh, publish per- publish pricing and performance information for life insurance products. So, uh, advisors, particularly fiduciary-oriented advisors or fiduciaries, uh, can document the performance of the, the things that they're required to do, uh, document uh, that costs are justified, document uh, in, internal policy charges in life insurance uh, is justified, document that the, the, the uh, performance expectation setting illustrations are reasonable, and, and understand uh, the risk inherent in a product uh, so that it can, they can match it up with the, the client's investor temperament. Got it. So we are going to have a conversation today about COVID-19's impact on the life insurance industry. And I mean, I worked in the industry directly for for 10 plus years. And so I guess what's important about that is I'm aware of all the moving parts that that go into this, but Mm -hmm. my knowledge is just scratching the surface. So I'm excited to sort of really get behind the scenes and talk about what the impact's going to be. So why don't we just jump into that? How is how is COVID sure. going to impact life insurance industry? So there's actually a really good article uh, about it uh, in the Wall Street Journal. Um, if, if any listener wants it, just uh, uh, email me or, or find me on LinkedIn. I actually commented about it on LinkedIn. Uh, talks about the double threat uh, of COVID-19. Um, that the, uh, res- the the financial industry's response or the Fed's response uh, to this uh, uh, this risk uh, th- this uh, uh, pandemic has been to reduce interest rates and, and there's been an economic impact. So interest rates have been on the decline for the last 20, 30 years already, and and, and now it looks like dividends and interest are even going lower. Uh, there's a risk that the def- the bonds and mortgages that the Insurance companies hold uh, could experience increasing defaults, um, and, and and we've certainly seen a lot of market volatility, uh, which could be good for some policyholders depending upon the type of product they have, and, and it could be bad for other policyholders. So, uh, I mean, I think it, I think it's definitely going to have uh, an impact, um, but it, it's one of those things that uh, time will tell. So so paying more attention to clients' life insurance policies uh, is really the kind of the message of, of, of COVID-19. Got it. Certainly appreciate that. So we're talking about declining dividends and interest rates. Are we talking about from a policyholder perspective or for the actual company itself? Um, both, but I'm speaking about it really from the policyholder's perspective. So, um, you know, uh, whole life policies uh, are credited with dividends uh, that are effectively a 
uh, a credit of excess interest. So a whole life policy uh, has a guaranteed minimum interest rate and then the dividend is a credit of the additional interest above that guaranteed amount that the insurance company earns. Um, same thing with uh, universal life po- or similarly with, with universal life policies uh, where uh, there is a guaranteed minimum interest, uh, but then, then they typically earn more than the guarantee and they credit more than the guarantee. Uh, with the downward pressure on interest rates and the potential increasing in, in defaults of bonds and mortgages in these whole life and universal life policy cash values, um, the, there's, there's going to be more downward pressure on the rates. Um, it, it seems like uh, the, the bigger impact is going to be on whole life policies, though, because uh, universal life policies are more responsive to interest rate changes. So they've been following the uh, decline in interest rates already for some number of years more closely to prevailing market rates. Whole life policies, they generally invest in longer term durations. And so it's been lagging. Uh, and so the the whole life uh, policies are currently crediting higher than the guarantees or, or more whole life policies are crediting higher than the guarantees. And so they're going to they're going to feel uh, the, the pre- this downward pressure on rates more than universal life who are already as low as they can credit because they're already at the guaranteed. I see. Well, that certainly makes sense. So. All right. So if, if I if I'm an owner of a whole life policy and I've been paying into the thing for 10, 15 years, what, what should I be doing? Just worrying? <laughs> uh, get, get a review. Um, uh, I often describe life insurance, all types of life insurance, not just whole life. Don't mean to pick on whole life, uh, as the last largest, most neglected, and, and frankly, worst performing asset on clients' balance sheets, at least relative to their expectations. Very, very few people know what they're actually being charged. Uh, and, and, be, and because so few know what they're being charged, so Adam Smith would say the invisible hand of the consumer can't choose good pricing from bad, good, good lower low cost from high cost, because they don't know what the charges are. So uh, get a policy review, understand what you're being charged, understand how that relates to uh, other policies, understand what you're actually earning, uh, what you're actually getting credited, what the what the carrier is actually earning, and 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 uh, what they're likely to be crediting going forward, um, so that you have the information to make decisions. You just need the same type of information about life insurance that you would need about every other asset on the on 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 the client's balance sheet. You know, if the client is in a in a fund that has high fees and low returns you would want to do something about that. So you need that same information for life for life insurance. Um, you need to know what the costs are, what the performance actually has been. Get away from the illustrations that, that uh, do not actually reflect or disclose costs and do not actually reflect actual historical performance um, so you can make better decisions. Yeah, well, that certainly makes sense. And it seems to me that, um, I guess, just technology or the last however many years it's been, has been excellent from a consumer standpoint with investments, just thinking about understanding better the fees and the expenses inside my 401k plan, for example. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's certainly everything you're talking about makes all the sense in the world. I just want to know how much everything costs. So, Right, (laughs) right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So I think that 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 definitely makes sense. What about um, 
What about the market volatility? We've certainly been experiencing a lot of that, and that's not necessarily going to impact whole life insurance or universal life because right. those don't directly have a um, market component. Uh, but what about what about indiv- um, IULs and VULs? Yeah, you're right. Uh, universal life and whole life policies are required by regulation as a practical matter to invest in high-grade bonds and government-backed mortgages. So what you should expect out of a universal life or a whole life uh, is stability, but a rate of return that is consistent with long-term rates of return for bonds and mortgages. Um, uh, Variable life, uh, sorry, indexed universal life also is required to invest in high-grade bonds and government-backed mortgages. Many many people don't don't, uh, realize that, that indexed universal life policies are required by regulation to invest in high-grade bonds and government-backed mortgages, but the policyholder can allocate the interest from those bonds and mortgages into some type of index, like the S&P 500 is the most common. Uh, and there's different strategies around how that, how that, uh, how you can allocate to that index. Uh, um, uh, so the impact of volatility. Uh, in allocating to these indexes is, is, is the, the, the way the insurance company um, uh, participates in an index is they buy options on the index. Well, in periods of higher volatility, the cost of those options go up. Uh, and when the cost of the options go up, the participation in the index has to obviously go down. If costs go up, then, then your, your, the amount of participation in the index will have to go down. Um, on the other hand, you know, if volatility is going up and down, uh, if if a a client has a variable life policy, you know, if, if you had allocated to equities uh, thirty to sixty days ago, and you were in a, if you were in a variable policy and you were able to allocate to equities thirty to sixty days ago, you might not have to pay premiums ever again, given the the, the kind of lift you got out of the last you know thirty sixty days. Wow. So for Indexed, the volatility around or being caused by or a consequence of COVID-19 in the marketplace is likely to adversely impact indexed universal life policies, but give opportunities to variable life policyholders. Got it. And again, how, how, how would I know? How would you know which? Like this is just this is more evidence that I need to get get a review of the existing policy to find out how how has my policy been impacted, and then absolutely. move it forward. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So, what about um, just sort of how the actual policies work? Just like the costs, premiums, moving forward. Um, I mean, COVID nineteen. I I don't know that anybody really knows what what the impact is going to be, but I, I don't, is it, is it lowering life expectancy? Is it uh, just all, all, all those things? That's a big question. Yeah. Um, uh, certainly, um, no, but nobody knows what the impact of COVID-19 is, is going to be on, on life expectancy. Um, you know, for years we've had medical advancements that life expectancy has been getting longer. Um, that should have been making the cost of life insurance, uh, uh, that should have been putting downward pressure on the cost, making the cost of life insurance less over time. 
Um, in recent years, the cost has actually been going up, not necessarily because of uh, changes in mortality, but because of changes in reserve requirements. Uh, some in, some um, uh, reserve methodologies have been questioned, and, and, and there have been some rules written to kind of change the reserve requirements. And just like a bank, you know, they take in deposits and they loan out many more dollars in loans than they than they have in deposits. Same idea. The insurance company takes in premiums. They have reserves and they write a lot more insurance because they know they're not going to have to uh, pay every claim on the, on the same day. Uh, but if the reserve requirements go out, they can write less insurance. And so it, it, it ends up costing a little bit more. Um, so if the, uh, uh, the number of death claims related to COVID-19 uh, changes and insurers uh, mortality experience or, or adversely impacts the mortality uh, and insurer's mortality experience, then the cost could go up. Uh, it doesn't look like the overall impact of COVID-19 on mortality is going to be significant. But, you know, if you have an insurer that uh, has concentrated blocks of business in hotspots, then, you know, it could. Um, but nobody knows. Uh, that's going to be, that's going to happen uh, over time. In the, in the interim, though, Insurance companies do not like uncertainty. Right. Uh, I mean, the, the whole concept of insurance is to take something that's – take a risk that is uncertain individually and transfer it to uh, a, a, an aggregator of risk, an insurance company, that they can then use statistics to make the risk more certain, more predictable, and therefore they can finance it or fund it, right? Um, so anytime – uh, a market event uh, or any externality uh, it, uh, raises questions in the insurance company or, or, or you know, raises questions in, in, the, in the insurance company's computations, they're going to pull back. And so what they've done over the short term is uh, limit the amount of money that they'll take. Um, that's due in part to the fact that they have nowhere to invest it. Uh, so, the, the, so they're limiting lump, large transfers or large lump sums. Uh, they are limiting face amounts um, uh, at, at the high net worth level. Uh, Forbes also wrote a, a, a couple of really good articles uh, about about this aspect of the impact of COVID-19. Um, and there and, and some insurers are, are not writing insurance or not writing much insurance at the older ages in, until, again, they see um, w what this this co until they see how this COVID-19 thing pans out. Yeah. Wait and see. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. So do you think that uh, just sort of the strength of the industry, I've always thought about the life insurance industry as these great big companies with, with, with tons of cash, and that's probably still true, but uh, is, is there any question that, that this could have an impact on the solvency of companies or just the strength of the industry? You know, I get that question. Um, the... Uh, I suppose it could, but I don't. I personally don't think it will. Um, at least not a material impact. Uh, you know, will certain companies be impacted more than others? S certainly. Will companies that are already having have low ratings um, ha maybe be more at risk? Probably. Um, uh, but you know, I go back to the the uh, great great recession or, or what some people call. Uh, the financial crisis number one, and now we're in financial crisis number two. Back in 2009, um, you know, there was a lot of talk about uh, 
AIG, the insurance company AIG, because uh, not necessarily because of the problems with the insurance company AIG, but beca- because of problems with uh, AIG's other lines of business. Uh, and um, the, the irony of it is that uh, the AIG insurance company uh, kept AIG, mother AIG, alive because of the financial strength of their insurance, of their life insurance company. It kept mother AIG alive until the, the, the Fed bailed them out. Um, and, and so I think the insurance industry is still uh, very well capitalized. Uh, and, and I don't see this, particularly as we're starting to get a, a better sense for what the uh, mortality, uh, the impact on mortality might be. It's, it's looking to be less, uh, I'm sure, in part because we're all sitting at home and, 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 uh, and social distancing. Um, and because carriers are instituting these limitations and restrictions, they're not taking on more risk. So, so I don't think it's going to have a material long-term impact on the strength of the, fin- the financial strength of the industry. Yeah, uh, I get it. Are, are there people right now, and I, I don't know if you're able to, to is, is it knowable? Like how many people are applying for new policies right now? I would have to imagine that there's not a lot, or maybe there's a ton. You know, um, I, I don't know of a, a source of statistics on that. Um, I, I, so uh, we've got a good many customers um, Verilytic customers who are in the life insurance business. We also have customers who are uh, uh, trustees of life insurance trusts or, or trust companies uh, that, that uh, uh, hold life, life insurance trusts. Uh, we also have fee-only advisors, but we have advisors who are in the insurance business. And, uh, you know, I, I remember when I first came into the insurance business, uh, you know, you had to go see the client, you had to go explain this illustration because it's, you know, well, back when I started in the business, it was probably only five pages. It's now 50 pages. <laughs> uh, it's got, you know, hundreds and hundreds of numbers, uh, pages and pages of disclosures, uh, and, and, um, uh, and, and, uh, banking, uh, financial insurance and banking industry authorities have issued cautions about the use of illustrations. So there's o- the only way to have a conversation with a client about life insurance using an illustration is face to face. And so I think those people are having a harder time uh, uh, having the conversation, at least the way they used to have it, because uh, it's just difficult. It's just darn difficult to do over the phone. On the other hand, you know, uh, financial advisors have conversations about clients investment portfolios over the phone all the time because they're talking about things that are transparent and they're talking about things that have a industry benchmark that can be uh, referenced or measured against and so what verilytic gives verilytic subscribers is the ability to have the that same kind of conversation that financial advisors are used to having over the phone with their clients about every other asset on their balance sheet, they can now have that same conversation over the phone with uh, with clients about life insurance. Um, so, you know, I, I I hear that there are there's been a decline uh, in activity in some segments of the financial services business, but our subscribers uh, are uh, are actually talking about having you know m- more to do than they've had to do in in in. Pre-COVID-19, um, 
and we took some of those stories uh, from from our customers, and we made up a little video short uh, that if anybody is interested in it, I, I'd be happy to send you a link to this little nine minute, nine plus minute video short that portrays the conversation that, por- that, that por- portrays the conversation that an advisor can have over the phone to advise their clients about life insurance and continue to do business. Well, I think that's a perfect segue right there. So where is, and I'll I'll include that in the notes of the show. Um, So when you send that over to me, people can just click on that. But give us Mm -hmm. the rest of the ways that people can find you, Barry. Um, So I'm on LinkedIn, pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, In fact, fact, quite active on LinkedIn. So uh, feel free to uh, connect with me there. Um, Anybody who's on Twitter, so far, I think I think my mom, my fiance, my son and daughter follow me on Twitter. So I'm trying to build my Twitter <laughs> following. So if anybody, I know that the industry is is uh, disproportionately old white guys who are not on Twitter. But anybody who's on Twitter, please follow me. Help me build that following, uh, and then uh, feel free to email me directly uh, at b flag. That's b as in Barry flag with two g's at Verilytic, V E R. A-L-Y-T-I-C dot com. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Barry your appreciation. Share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can shoot Barry an email. You can find him on LinkedIn. You can join his uh, his his mom and fiance on Twitter and follow him there. <laughs> and then I'll also uh, list the websites and everything else in the notes. Thank you again, Barry. My pleasure. Always great talking to you, George. Yes, and until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.